Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to the Philly Boots Rugby Roundtable. My name is Sean Phelan and over the coming weeks I'll be hosting panels on the big issues that surround the grassroots rugby game, featuring players, coaches and volunteers who make the games happen. We record these over on Facebook Live on Thursday evenings at facebook.com slash fybrugby so come and get involved in the discussions. Our fourth roundtable features a discussion on the return to rugby and the start of socially distanced pre-season training. Let's get the show started. Hello everyone, uh, welcome to the, this, the fourth uh, Philly Boots Rugby Roundtable. Uh, tonight we've got another great panel, uh, another great topic for you as well. Uh, but if you want to catch up on the first three episodes, then you can just head to fybrugby.com and all the information. Uh, Let's bring in our panel. Uh, today's subject is going to be uh, the return to uh, but more importantly, sort of the first few weeks of... Uh, so let's bring in our uh, great panel tonight. Um, we've got Rachel Castola from the Women's Chair and Co-Club Captain of Millwall Rugby Club. We've got James McKay-Mount, the Director of Rugby for Market Harbour. And Nick, also the, also the uh, Director of Rugby at Staines RFC. Hi, everyone. How are you? Good evening. Just about here. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having Good us. Good to see you. Okay, cool. Well, we'll, we'll start with James then. James, how was your season <laughs> before lockdown? Well, this is exciting. Uh, well, he's back. God, it, feel, <laughs> it, like a, it feels like a really long time ago that we actually were in a season. But um, uh, yeah, we, we got promoted last year. So um, we came up into a really strong league in um, East Midlands and uh, we were expecting it to be tough but we we had a pretty good season actually we we were due to we we officially finished eighth but I, I think we probably would have finished eighth eighth or seventh anyway so yeah we we were pretty happy I think as a club with how we went against a, a pretty decent level of um, rugby Oh, that's great. Uh, Rachel, how was everything down at Millwall? Um, yeah, so on the women's side, we, we had a bit of a tough season. Um, we had, uh, we've also recently been promoted to, to the league we were in, and um, we had a massive turnover, which just kind of happened over the summer. So we had to really spend the season rebuilding. Um, but it's it's gone well. The progress we've made since September is phenomenal. And we kind of still have that high and that drive for next season, despite all of the lockdown and things. That's great. And Nick, can you hear us yet? We were talking to him beforehand. Something's gone wrong. Something's gone wrong. Anyway, we'll uh, we'll crack on and we'll, we'll come back to Nick as soon as he can sort of start hearing us. Uh, so when did you guys start training? Uh, uh, has it been long? 
I think we've had three or four sessions. We're only doing one session a week at the moment, and it's just it's kind of it's um, fitness and light skills, just running some shapes and uh, handling. So it's really light. But yeah, three or four weeks, I think. Um, Rachel. Um, yeah, similarly, we've, um, I think it's our fourth week of training now, um, and it's been going really well. Um, I think, you know, this is kind of pre-season time anyway, so it's always mm. going to be fitness-based. Um, we're yeah. obviously limited with all the restrictions, but we've managed to do loads of really useful stuff as well, so it's been really good. Um, you know, we're hoping we can diversify at some point soon as well. Um, <laughs> Lots of like fitness, lots of sprint, lots of them. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully it won't be too long. Hopefully it won't be too long. How many, how many players have you had at your sessions, James? Oh man, actually we've had a we've had a really good turnout. Um, I'd say senior players we've probably had around forty five fifty um across three pitches so yeah it's been especially for pre-season nobody likes coming to early pre-season so pretty impressed with the turnout in some ways i think perhaps covid19 has made people more determined to get back to the rugby club just desperate to have desperate to have something to do yeah um yeah no i mean we've got also good um core that's been coming to the sessions um, without fault. Um, we haven't got the full squad back, but I think, you know, a lot of people have had a lot going on. Um, a lot of circumstances have changed, you know, employment and childcare as well is a bit trickier nowadays. Um, but gradually we're kind of seeing those numbers increase week on week. So that's really motivating as well. Yeah, definitely. How, what? Is there much other than sort of fitness work and ball work? Is there much that you can do so far? It, it's tricky because uh, obviously you can't really get close to each other. You can only we're, we're working groups of six, um, kind of six, six, seven maximum, and uh, you can you can run some sort of backline shapes and do do that kind of thing. But obviously you can't do any contact, so you can't do any kind of set pieces. Um, so it's it's all the backs work, which for me as a hooker, that's no use to me whatsoever. <laughs> I, I'm never going to I'm never going to be I'm never going to be in a backline move. I hope. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. not for me either. Um, Rachel, yeah. what have your sessions sort of consisted of so far? I mean, yeah, I'm not going to lie. There has been a lot of fitness. Um, we um we've done also you know some ball handling um a lot of uh, we've actually done a bit of kicking which is quite exciting um and i think you know for us in the women's game it's not used that much um so we're trying to capitalize on that and like become really good kickers um we now know all the spots where uh, they leave the post up around london which is a good <laughs> um, <laughs> where are they and, yeah, and we've also, you know, done kind of strength and conditioning, all those things that you kind of don't have time for when you've got a match that weekend. Uh, but now's the time, yeah. essentially. Uh, yeah, hopefully we can get to tackling because you can always get better at that. But yeah, we'll wait till. 
Yeah, there's. Uh, I think there's a little while yet until until yeah. we can get any sort of contact going. Um, I, if, if you're not familiar, we're still, there's a sort of a five step roadmap, isn't there? And we're yeah. on stage two or two. B or something, which is yeah. two. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just a case of passing and, and uh, running, which is not two two things that I'm not particularly good at. No, yeah, so it's better than nothing. I mean, I, I'm I'm actually on the comeback trail. I haven't played for um, tw- uh, ten years, um, so I've been involved in the club for three. This will be my fourth season coming up now, um, and I've determined to come back this season of all seasons to want to come back to play rugby. I'm probably not going to get any rugby this season, but yeah. So this fitness work now, it's like. I hate it, but I need it probably more than anybody else who's going to training. <laughs> but but why now? Why the comeback now? I don't know. I, I I've been away from rugby clubs for quite a while because of various work and having children and whatnot. And then I've come back and got involved volunteering at the rugby club and uh, just being around the environment. It's a really it's a great club to be around. Really friendly, welcomed me in, and made me feel kind of part of the team. Um, and it's just made me want to get back and play again. But three, I'm probably, I haven't got that many playing years left, especially with my knees. No, you might enjoy them while I've got them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's see if we can bring Nick back in. Can you hear us, Nick? Can you hear us? Uh, just about. I think what you said there was, "Can I hear you?" And <laughs> that that is that is correct. Yeah, that is correct. That's progress. How are you? How are you, Nick? No, is he still there? No, it's gone again. It's gone again. Uh, okay, so. Uh, how how have your training sessions sort of been set out with sort of the bubbles and the the groups that you have to use and and uh, disinfecting balls and all sorts? Uh, what does oh, what a training session sort of look like? Okay, uh, <laughs> our our head coach has been absolutely fantastic um, at organising this. He's um, he's uh, he's he's a deputy head teacher as well, so he's used to dealing with. Um, people who don't take instruction very well. So he's ideal at a rugby club. Um, uh, so he has he's planned out all the sessions. He's got um, all of the groups are set out beforehand and the areas on the pitches that they're going to be working at. Um, everybody, uh, as they arrive, has to sanitise their hands. Um, the equipment that we use is limited. Every group has its own equipment, so its own, its own balls not to be shared across groups um, and they're disinfected. In fact, actually, we had um, complete new balls last week, which was a treat after the after the old balls, which you, you can't catch because they've got no grip on them. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so uh, our, our head coach, Joe, has done, he's done a great job of, of organising it um, and, uh, and the club have taken it, obviously, really seriously as well. There's always people there kind of making sure that everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing and following the guidelines and keeping safe. So, it, I mean, I can't fault the club at, at all for what, the way they've set it out. It's been great. 
And Rachel, what does the training session at Millwall look like so far? Yeah, I mean, we've got quite similar things in place. Um, it's funny how you mention your coach as a head teacher. I'm actually a teacher as well. And I've got this little system of like color coding areas in the pitch and giving them bibs so that no one mixes. Yeah, exactly, color. exactly the same. I've not been uh, teaching kids in the flesh uh, recently. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you know, similarly, we've got, you know, all the hand sanitizer, all the guidelines are kind of emailed every week just in case yeah. there's any updates and um, and all the disinfecting, all, all the equipment and not sharing and not mixing the bubbles. But, yeah, it's gone well. It's gone well, I think. Um, I think the first few sessions, uh, there was a little bit of reminding um I think everyone was really happy to see each other again after such a long time. Uh, and they did, you know, just want to kind of like chat to the other bubbles. But, um, you know, it, it's, it was you kind of, you know, ask people to stay in their box and they do it. And now it's kind of everyone's got used to it. It's a bit of a routine. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's doable. I do think you know, think about plan in advance, definitely. Um, especially the way people arrive and let them mix, you know, um, but yeah, it's gone well, I think. Yeah, there definitely is definitely uh, some thought gone into it. I, I took my son to uh, rugby tots for the first time this summer uh, after a sort of three or four month break, and it was so well laid out. But the trouble with toddlers is it's <laughs> they just want to yeah. go and talk to each other and run, run that around. Must and, be. Um, oh, man. I can't think of anything worse than trying to arrange small children in in this situation. Good grief! But but it was great, and the, you know, the session was great, and you know, that's actually the only rugby activity I've had <laughs> this, so far. We haven't started training yet, so um, but hopefully in a couple of weeks it'll be me that's doing the running around or walking around. Uh, we've had a question come in. We've had a question come in. Um, from uh, Graham Maleficent, and he says, "Would you encourage players to purchase and wear rugby gloves as an individual issue, as a way of reducing the risk of skin-on-skin -skin contact and and save washing the ball every few seconds?" So I guess he's saying, "Do you want to look like Andy Goode?" Uh, uh, nobody, nobody wants that. <laughs> no, no, nobody wants that. <laughs> and is that is that something that could is that something that could happen? They're, they've I got mean, they're fingerless, aren't they? Sorry, go on. Go on, Rachel. I know. I mean, I think um, it's something that I've not necessarily for the club, but I know it, uh, schools have thought about quite a lot. And um, there is some kind of worry that when people wear gloves, they're a little bit more reckless. Because um, at the mm. end of the day, if you kind of touch your face, with the gloves, it you know does sort of defeat the point. Um, so I, I think I, I'm I find not that sure. with headgear as well. Yeah, and I, so I, I don't find know that how. With, uh... Yeah, the contact is harder and things. Um, so yeah, I don't know how how helpful that would be, but it could be worth looking into. I think, you know, I probably wouldn't use anything any reusable gloves because you do need to like take them off regularly as well. Um, but yeah, that's just my bit on it. The thing is also not everybody's going to wear them so you'd still have to continue disinfecting all the equipment and making sure that everybody's doing their hands and and also what i don't i don't know anybody who wears them anymore are they even still is it even still possible to to get them 
I don't know if Andrew is watching <laughs> and he has a supplier, then then uh, I'm sure he does. A sponsorship he probably, probably had he, to. He's probably st- he's probably still got some left over from his career. Must do, must do. Start selling them. It'd be making yeah. fortune. But it's could could obviously uh, could stuff like leggings and um, sort of. People wear long sleeve sort of undergarments anyway to keep warm, but could something like a legging or something like that come in to sort of protect the skin on skin? Uh, I wouldn't wear it. I look. I, I really hope but... not. I really hope not. It's, it's not a good look for the front row, is it? No, no, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. But unfortunately, these things might have to be thought about. To, in order for some sort of game to yeah, I'm not, take place. It would have to be a kind of all-over covering. I, uh, to be honest, I can't see really any benefit of having like extra layers of covering unless you're unless you're kind of wearing masks and the, the potential harm from restricting breathing would be possibly worse than the benefit. That's my opinion. I don't. I'm not. I'm, yeah, not, a, I'm not a doc, I'm not a respiratory doctor, though. So I'm pro, I'm, my knowledge of this is pretty limited. Someone no, did. It's not to be honest. This is gone. Sorry, someone did suggest to me we should get those uh, massive bubble suits. I don't know if you've ever seen those, <laughs> <laughs> which are hysterical to ever play. That'd be awesome. I would definitely play rugby in that. I'm not sure how much ball, like, it might be hard to hold the ball, but, you know, what <laughs> I did, I did play. <laughs> Very entertaining to watch, though, I imagine. <laughs> Do you think we're going to end up playing some sort of, not non-contact, but sort of minimal contact game um, to get started? Or is that completely off the table, we're not going to do it? I don't know. That's a really interesting one because I think you can't. I mean, what are you going to? You, you'd have to get. A, you'd have to do away with scrums. You'd have to do away with tackles. Lineouts probably would be massively changed as well. And what are you left with? You're left with rugby league. You're, you're left with tag and touch, aren't you? Yeah. Well. Yeah. In fact, actually, yeah. Not even rugby league. I, I can't really see. I, I think the only way they're going to they're going to be able to make it work is is wait until it's safe enough to play the full game, because you, you know what rugby's like. You make temporary changes to the laws; they become permanent, and the game's changed forever. Yeah. Not that I'm not that I'm against change, but like you don't want to end up with a game that was like in five years' time that was meant to have changed temporarily and is now completely different. I, I, I don't know. I can't. I can't see how it could work. To be honest. No, I think similarly, if we're talking about um, you know getting back into the league competitions, I, I I mean I can't see major changes working because you know from a refereeing point of view, I'm sure that would be really difficult. From a player yeah. point, of view, you know, you, it's really hard to get used to changes. Uh, whenever we do have new like rules, I mean that's uh, people forget and. They don't always, you know, it takes a long time to actually make it happen. Um, so, you know, I think it would have to be quite minimal, but, you know, maybe someone will come up with some great idea. Um, yeah, I think we're all worried about it changing too much and ending mm. up with something different. 
Uh, they could, I mean, this this could be this could be the opportunity to do something to speed up the scrum, though, because I mean, I think everybody who watches rugby union would say that the scrum is a problem because of how how long it takes. I don't know. I don't know what they can do to, to maybe maybe reduce the number of players, or I don't know. But um, it, it could be an opportunity to speed up the scrum and get the ball in and out faster. I mean, are there things they could do to? Um... Because I'm actually a back, I'm not very uh, unlike you guys who are forward. <laughs> how, how did you know that? How did you know? That? Yeah, how can you tell? <laughs> you mentioned it. Is it my missing team? I, I, I'm six foot seven, but I'm George North. On my day, I'm George North. <laughs> I am. I, am. I, don't know what day, I don't know what day that is. I don't know what day that is, but <laughs> eventually. I'm, uh, I don't know if they, you know, they might end up making changes so there's less scrums. I don't, I don't really know how that would be possible. Uh, but more, I guess more free kicks than less scrums. Yeah, yeah, I can see that actually. Something like that. Okay, there's another question coming. Let's have uh, for Mark Bryan. Is it going to pop up on the screen? Yeah, here we go. Many pro and community rugby clubs are saying that, that September would be possible to start games. Do you think that is feasible? I, I mean, for me, it, my opinion, no. No, I, I, I genuinely can't see rugby starting properly again for quite a while. At, at, certainly at community level, um, it just depends what the situation is with the virus in the country. You can't, you can't say, yeah, we're going to start in September if there's still a high rate of infection and death. It's just, it's not. It's not a way we can go. I think we've got to, obviously, the safety of our players and staff is the most important thing. And it, it as much as we love it, it's still just a game. Um, it's not more important than people's health. Yeah, I mean, 100%. I think every time I try and guess what's going to happen, I get it completely wrong. Uh, so I've stopped guessing. <laughs> um, I, I really don't know. I mean, I know they've released those provisional dates for the men's leagues. Um, they haven't released anything on the women's side, and it's nearly August. So, wow. yeah, who knows? Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's going to be anything this year. I just I can't see it happening. The, the, the pro game, obviously, we know that the pro game is coming back, and yeah, uh, the Premiership will begin on August the fourteenth, and then the Pro fourteen will start the week after. But they they're in controlled environments where they're being tested three times a week, and they're only you know they're only. And they, they can be isolated week. together, can't they? Yeah, exactly, um... exactly. But even even they even they are going to have big big issues as well like they've got to take two buses to uh to an away game they have to have single rooms rather than twin rooms in a hotel now um and if they don't adhere to all of this there's a five point penalty i believe as well as financial wow. so uh, the 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 grow the, the 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 pro game should be fine because they can have these controls just like the same way the premier league have and test cricket has but with the grassroots game you've got 30 or 40 blokes or ladies that can't you know are mixing together um yeah. when no one really knows who each other's mixed with if there was a proper track and trace and all that malarkey and not going into politics or whatever 
if there was something like that, then maybe it would speed it up a little bit and we'd be back quicker. But I genuinely cannot see before Christmas. Any physical rugby taking place. Yeah, I'm, I, every time I think about it, I've, I've got a voice in my head telling me, don't think about it, it's too long away. But it, I, I, I agree, I, can't, I genuinely, I can't see it happening this year either. It's just, it's just unless something dramatically changes, um, yeah, I, I agree, it's too risky. Could, do you think we could then see uh, a, a tag rugby league uh, <laughs> between clubs as a way as a way of getting people in clubhouses um i know i know that's you know sounds silly that we've just said that contact can't you know 30 blokes and ladies can't mix but is there you know if there's no or very very tiny contact is that something that could be possible in order to get people back in clubhouses uh, and pick you know earn some money behind the bar I don't know. Yeah. I'm just throwing it out. There. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, in terms of the bar thing, we've actually um, we've at our club's done a pop up bar, so it's outside. Um, it's all socially distanced. I haven't actually been down there, so I'm obviously I'm a, I'm a terrible supporter of the club, but um, it's been it's been popular. They're getting some they're getting some numbers to the to the club, but in terms of actual rugby, yeah, I mean, tag rugby tag rugby could be a short term way to go. Um, yeah, it's an interesting one. I don't know. What do you? Uh, and if if, yeah. if you're starting, we're starting to train now. Obviously, uh, you guys are training. Mm-hmm. Um, is there is there a worry that people could peak too soon? Or uh, does that make sense? Like we're we're on the we're in the start of a preseason. What what would normally be a preseason time now? And if there's yeah. no rugby, no rugby, no rugby until until December. January, February, is there a chance that people will get fit, burnt out, and um, maybe not want to? No, by the time it's interesting, isn't it? Because I mean, you can't you can't have pre-season for like four months. That'd be ridiculous. Yeah, I I still I'd I'd not considered that actually. I'm I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of hoping that things like tag rugby are going to be allowed because I think that at least gives a bit more of a game situation type, Mm. um, you know, type activity. Um, And potentially, you know, we could use tag rugby to kind of attract new people into the sport. I think, you know, that could be a bit of an opportunity. I know it's not the same at all. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, with the the question about players peaking, I think um, think it's maybe just about making sure training is, quite diverse and you know I don't think we're going to be doing you know hardcore sprint fitness Mm -hmm. all the way up until December because I agree that might be a bit much Uh, but (laughs) I think it might be fine and if we're not playing on weekends then it does free up people's time at the weekend so they might be a little bit less kind of tired I mean when you've got games and you've got training you know you can get a little bit tired and wait for kind of the holidays to uh, rest. Um, so yeah, that's my hope, but we'll see how that progresses. And realistically, Definitely. those should be in the best conditions on. of their lives. On, Sorry, I was just saying. Realistically, because of, be. of the long, the long rest, and then the kind of prolonged fitness period, they should be in the best conditions of their lives. Like some of the pro players, like somebody, somebody like George North, for instance, who's had quite a lot of head knocks and um, 
has had um, sort of Lions Tour season, Lions Tour season, World Cup, and not really any rest in between. That is this this period of rest is probably the first he's had for like fifteen years. Must be it must have been lovely. Yeah, in and a weird sort of way. We all have players in the clubs that. Um, kind of have a little niggle or have an injury and they never really properly rest it um, yeah. because they love, they just love the game so much and this is kind of a forced rest. So it could yeah. potentially, you know, we end up having really, really strong squads when matches can start again. Oh, the quality of rugby is going to be dire, but the players are going to be so fit. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, if we can get rugby, that's... If even if it's crap, then it's better than nothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let's. Uh, do you think there is going to be? Uh, this is another question that's coming. Uh, <laughs> do you think there's going to be a long-term uh, knock-on effect to the to the game? Have Have any players come to you and said that we you know, I'm not going to play again because I'm a bit worried? No. Um, for us, I mean. It's really hard to tell. I know that, you know, we've got players that have children, um, sometimes single parents and things, and their childcare options are a little bit more limited than they might have been before. So I think, you know, that might be tricky. Hopefully, you know, more things go back to how they're used to and those challenges go down. Um, I mean, I, I hope, you know, we can just carry on the recruitment. And probably there are a lot of people who now want to join a team sport because they've um, had to be at home a lot um, and had to do a lot of like home workouts, which is a little bit, uh, uh, which is a little bit sad sometimes. So there might be more people who want to join a team sport and they might, you know, think rugby's the thing. Yeah, no, I, that's a fair point, actually. Um, I think, and actually, I think you highlighted there a difference between the women's game and the men's game because... I don't think there's any any of our team are considering that kind of childcare issue, and and they're just like rugby lads, let's get back to the rugby club kind of thing. That it's I haven't seen anybody expressing any concern about whether they're going to come back to play. But in terms of long term knock on effects, I mean, yeah, I can't see how there I can't see how there won't be because I don't I don't really see this COVID nineteen going away. It's something probably that we will have to live with and be always sort of prepared to respond to kind of thing. Definitely. And actually on that, um, we did a survey at Freddy Boots to sort of asking that very question, like what people would, um, uh, are sort of planning on coming back or planning or not. Uh, and actually the, we've, we've finally put the report together, which is actually on uh, fybrugby.com as of now um, we were going to promote it tomorrow but uh, uh, there's a couple of stats in here that I wanted to on that on that sort of very point uh, close uh, one in 20 players will say they're not going to return to play rugby at all wow uh, and then one in, well, and then again one in 10 are saying that really, they're really unsure as to whether they play again Wow, that's that's. We surveyed three hundred three hundred people came forward and did that survey, and one in twenty said that they wouldn't return to playing rugby. And have you got any idea? So I, I think. I, I... Sorry, have you got any idea of the reasons? Sorry, for right things, or you probably wouldn't. Uh, yeah. Uh, so any... there. The... Yeah. So the. 
it, it was something that we were going to promote tomorrow, but it actually it's on it's on uh, FYB Rugby now. Um, the the whole the report that we um, myself and uh, a friend of mine who's who's written the the report. Uh, and there's a, there's so many reasons about why people want to play again, why they don't want to play again, uh, the cha- changes in possible laws. So uh, if you go to fybrugby.com, there's a whole report there, uh, and we'll, we'll we'll put that in the um, on the Facebook pages and Twitter pages uh, probably probably tomorrow morning. Um, but yeah, I just I just thought while that um, while that sort of question came up, then um, we'll uh, it was probably a good time to sort of talk about that. Uh, here, uh, actually, one question: If you were to start, if, if you were starting training tomorrow for the first time, like, what advice would you give? Like, knowing what you know now, after a few weeks in, what what would you, what would you tell? What would you advise other clubs? Or just generally other clubs? Uh, on, on sort of the socially distanced training and. Um, Bubble training and you know, what what would you what would you tell other clubs to sort of look for and um, yeah knowing what you know already having done it for a couple of weeks. Um, I think the most for me I'd say that the most important thing is to have a decent plan, publish it beforehand, make sure everybody knows what it is and that they're signed up to it, and um, and to, to get buy-in from the whole club because you can't do it without you. Like the coaches and players can't do it on their own. It needs to be organised throughout the whole club. That's, I guess, that's what I would suggest. Um, yeah, I would, I would say try and find out what the players want as well, and kind of figure out what they would like to do. Bearing in mind the restrictions, what they would like to maybe develop, because. We had loads of players say they wanted to work on their agility, which is probably something we can do. So let's use this time to do it. Um, and also, um, just if they have got any concerns, it's quite useful to know beforehand, and then you can manage that better and put in, you know, publicise a rule or whatever it is to make sure that everyone's feeling safe and happy to come along. Um, so I would say, you know, really communicate with the players and like invite their opinions um i found that really helpful personally yeah i agree with yeah, that that's, yeah, that's good advice definitely definitely uh okay what, what else have we got in the chat um uh, mark bryan can offer competitive rugby in krakow season season starts in august so if you fancy a game in krakow in touch with mark Actually, yeah, the Russian, the Russian league is uh, the Russian league started again as well. I know that. Um, so they're, they're ahead of us in Eastern Europe. <laughs> uh, Chris says, "I hope fifteen at a minimum, so we can plan some situation playtime and run through even without contact, and ideally thirty, so we can then play fifteen aside touch." Uh, to allow game time and use scrums as a non-contact position thing. Shout them out and second row, front row. Yeah, I think we're all hoping that we're going to be able to sort of train in more with more people because I think as soon as soon as we get to the sort of the training with fifteen and thirty, we'll, I think we'll be a lot closer to yeah to playing. Yeah, I was looking at the I was looking at the, um, the roadmap earlier and it's. It's sort of a big step up from from step two to step three, 
is quite a big step. And then step four is kind of, it seems less kind of incremental. Um, So I think the next, the next stage, once we move into that, it feels like we're moving to that in quite a long time. But after that, it will be quite a quick progression. I think it, it, that feels like how they've set it out. I definitely agree. I noticed that as well. I think it'll be a big turning point, the next one. And as you say, we'll, you know, be able to progress relatively quickly, as you said. That would be nice. Yeah, it might. Yeah, it might not happen. It might not happen for uh, maybe a month or so yet. But I think once we get to the next stage, I think the the following two stages will happen fairly quickly. I think. And this is the thing. So, like, anything, it's, it's entirely speculation at the moment. We we can't possibly. Yeah, know, of like, course it is. If we were, if we were, again, not wanting to get political, but if we were in Scotland, where the where the um, number of cases and and like deaths has been reduced to like virtually nothing we would be in a much more optimistic position to be able to predict the future. But at the moment, with the way things are in England, it is way harder to be able to say we can we can start doing more physical stuff on this date because we just don't know how things are going to change. And like around here, I'm between Leicester, Kettering and Northampton, which has been one of the, like, that's, it's the worst area in the country, essentially, in, in England. Um, and obviously Leicester's gone into another lockdown. I don't know if it's still in it, but it's been really, it's been really hard. One of my good friends works in Kettering Hospital, and it, like for anybody who who like doubts it, it is real and it is a real big, it is really um, not fun uh, to be, no, to be no, surrounded by it. Definitely not. Yeah, I think it's really it's difficult. Sort of odd... with that. I think it's really difficult with that. Yeah, of um, we don't we don't really want to be we don't want to be in a situation where we're having to go back the stages either. Um, no, so God, no. Yeah. So on that point, we've got another question. Obviously, uh, they're talking about the second wave of COVID nineteen in the winter. Do you believe that could destroy the season before it even starts? Oh well, yeah, of course it can. Um, hopefully we're not going to get to that point, but yeah, of course, uh, Dave, I think I think of course it can. Um, hopefully, it yeah, it's happen. supposed to it's supposed to thrive in cold weather, isn't it? So, um, it, it yeah, it's possible. Who knows? It's, it, it's this is part possible. of the problem, isn't it? It is, and yeah, without wanting to get political, it's it's it's. it's I know we've said that a lot tonight, but it is everything everything that we want to do is play is you know play rugby and uh, and we can't do that until things have have got better. And if it then gets worse in in the winter, then then we're going to struggle uh, to get. I mean, realistically, realistically, we could we could have no season. We we could end up having no season at all. Um, it's, do you it's think your club will survive having no season? Well, that's a really good question. It would be tough. It feels like we're going down a really dark, dark alley here. But um, like, um, yeah, it would be really tough. And we're we're a club that's pretty well um, uh, supported by sponsors and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I think it would it would be very hard for the club to survive with no season at all. Rachel, would Millwall survive a, a non-season? 
Um, I think it's also really difficult. Um, we're um, we're a club that's in Zone Two in London, um, so it it means that, and we don't have our own pitches, which means that possibly some of our costs are a little bit lower than other clubs. But then, on the other hand, things like our clubhouse and things that could generate money is also uh, smaller and probably wouldn't allow as many people to come in um, as other clubs. Um, so it's really hard to tell. Um, I think even you know from September we're going to have to take some decisions um, on you know how players are paying membership and that kind of thing if matches aren't starting. Um, but I know that a lot of our players are really supportive and I think they will they will carry on supporting us um, throughout. Yeah, it's hard to tell to be honest. Um, and it might be that we need to start capitalising on some of these other forms of rugby and getting people involved yeah. that way just to kind of, you know, carry on something. Yeah, definitely. Uh, absolutely. It's, uh, it's going to be a struggle for a lot of people, but hopefully we're not going to get to that point. Let's, all right, we've got a couple, we've got, uh, we've got five more minutes. So let's, because I don't want to keep you guys here too much longer uh things to do and uh everything else chris says cricket football etc allowed to train 30 trade and august allowed contact normal yeah normal football cliff ball training full-on already right or wrong of course yeah football's football's much different because you have i think someone someone did the stat and it's about 15 seconds that you're actually in 90 minutes that you're actually in contact with someone an entire 90-minute football game. So in rugby, it's going to be 10 times that, isn't it? If, yeah, if, not, exactly. if not 100 times that. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, it, 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 that's that's right you, can't, you can't really compare sports, like especially no. you can't compare rugby to football and, and say, oh, should we be emulating that? Because it's not a comparable situation at all. No, but... Uh, yeah, it's, it's 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 a tough one because we see everybody starting to train and we see like cricketers starting to play and we're just yeah. we're everyone's chomping at the bit to to get out there and get a ball in their hands and yeah. you know, now that training started and hopefully you know that all that all sort of um, help help feed that uh, desire to to play again and um, hopefully hopefully hopefully. Uh, here we go. Here's, uh, we'll take this as the last question. I think this one's just come in. With usual winter weather and changing rooms not yet open, this would need to be, this would need, especially as match officials who refed a lot of ladies' matches last season, including uh, Millwall ladies' game at Barnes. Did you send Rachel off, Andrew? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Obviously, yeah, the change the whole the whole situation's not great, but hopefully, hopefully, um, hopefully, hopefully, that's that's that seems to be the the whole uh, the whole word of this whole pandemic is is hopefully we'll get back to some rugby soon. Optimistic, I think. I think the good thing about the rugby community is that um, we are a community, and we always will pull together to do the right thing and make make. The, game kind of playable so whatever happens as much as like as much as um, I've been a bit sort of pessimistic tonight I do think that there's a future in the game and kind of it, it'll be it'll be fine in the long run it just is going to be a tricky road to get there 
Oh, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, we might need to be a bit innovative with some things. I think um, that, you know, point about the changing rooms, obviously, not having changing rooms isn't ideal, but I would rather play and not have changing rooms than not play at all. And I'm sure, you know, yeah. we'll manage to just go home muddy or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, uh, but yeah so I, I think we might have to really think about some of these things we're used to you know the food afterwards and the changing rooms and all that stuff um we might have to think about it we might have to change a few things but if it's a temporary change as well you know i think it should be considered definitely yeah and uh but yeah we have to be pleased that some training has started and uh hopeful of the the future it won't be too long and the RFU will change the the guidance and we can move on and then we can eventually get yeah. games on uh and that's that's idea that is what we want at the end of the day is get some games on and get some people running around with the ball in their hands yeah. um so finally let we ask this we ask this question to uh, to everyone um and we've we've covered this a couple of times tonight but uh when when will we be playing full contact rugby Pick a date. Who knows? Uh, I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm going to say after Christmas. I think that. I think if 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 we're not playing before, I think we should. I think we'll be in a position after Christmas to play. Totally arbitrary. I'm Rachel, I've no, no, I've got no logical reason for that. I just picked a date out of my head. Is <laughs> this? Uh, it, it's, it's just so hard to tell. I would like it to be before Christmas, um, but again, if it is around that time, I think that would be good. Um, and you know, it'd be a nice, as we said, like all our injured players are going to be fully recovered, um, and we'll be super, we'll be really fit. Um, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's so hard to tell. I think you know we can't really guess what's going on uh, higher up. Definitely. And the, the reason I ask everyone that question is because obviously I want the, the news to change. If the news changes, then we, we, we'll have a different answer rather than sort of guesswork. And hopefully each week we do these, we'll, we'll be a little bit closer to, to finding out that answer. Um, so we're going to wrap it up there. Uh, I really want to thank Rachel, uh, James, uh, Nick, who was uh, in for about 10 seconds earlier, but then lost connection. Uh, we didn't manage to get him back. Uh, but thank you guys for giving up your time tonight. Um, it's been really great, and hopefully, in a, maybe in a few weeks, we'll uh, we'll get you back on and we'll. Huge thanks again to Rachel Castola, James McKay Mount, and Nick Olso. Don't forget to join us every Thursday evening at facebook.com/fybrugby, and for all the information on Philly Boots, please visit fybrugby.com. I've been Sean Phelan and you've been listening to the Philly Boots Rugby Roundtable.